One of the number one questions I get from anybody, no matter where I am in the world and wherever I'm speaking at an event, it is how, how do I become more mentally tough? How do I have more grit, resilience, uh, all of that? And the, the answer is only through action and activity. You, you, have to, you have to participate, do, learn and grow. And in 2008, the economy crashed and we ended up losing everything. Mm -hmm. And so we were at rock bottom and we were like, okay, the world is our oyster. Uh, oyster, what do we want to do? What's our passion? What's our dream? How do we want to impact people? What, what type of legacy do we want to leave? A, a full distance triathlon or an Ironman is 140.6 miles or 220 kilometers. So we did that, covered that distance every single day for a quarter of a year. The public would have probably said, you know what? Kudos, good job. You, you validated yourself. You did more than anybody did. You crashed, you should probably, you know. But for me, I had said to my kids, to my sponsors, to my following, I'm doing a hundred. And so my, my ethos says, I start what I finish. There's one pair of shoes that have done a hundred consecutive Ironmans and they're the ones that I wore. And you have to have something to refer back onto in those moments of chaos, chaos, panic, confusion. Okay, what do I stand for black and white? I was defeated, I was exhausted, but I was like, I wanna lead from the front. I wanna set the ultimate example for my kids. I want them to understand that when they are broken, when they are defeated, um, they can get up and do one more. And sometimes you're gonna to have to get up and do one more by yourself. So I just came off the call with Iron Cowboy. James Lawrence, and I am stoked. Like, it was so good to talk to him. If you haven't heard of James Lawrence or the Iron Cowboy and his mission, he's achieved something that no one else in the world has done. And that's 100 Ironmen full triathlon races in 100 days consecutively. It's just unbelievable that someone could do this. It's a massive feat of human endurance. But this episode that I had, this, this time I had with this living legend, I mean, he is a man that's done something that one in seven billion hasn't done, right? He's one in seven billion. He's walked the walk. He's done the thing. He's been and achieved this feat that people thought was impossible. So he even put a cherry on top, but I'm not going to spoil it. Like, it's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm actually truly honored to be able to talk to him. And we talked about fatherhood. We talked about the lessons he learned from these feats of human endurance. And we talked about his lessons that he wants to pass down to his kids and his legacy, the pain, the struggle, the sacrifices that he's had to make and his family have had to make to go on this journey because it's not just him. The Lawrence family has been all in on this journey for the last 12 years, supporting him, but also they're all part of this business, right? They all put in, they all work insane hours to get this done. They have that discipline, the, the sleep deprivation. They're doing their own full-length triathlon at the part of it right so it will blow your mind right james actually shares some detail that he's previously never shared for before so i don't want to spoil it but it's just it will blow your mind it's just incredible i don't know how he's done it and i'm chuffed you know it's just to speak to someone who's so pure intentioned good-hearted and grit fueled like this this man is just you can tell the sense of confidence he now has around being able to go out and do things in the world but he also steps you through how you can get that confidence. So I think this is one of the most valuable conversations that I've ever had. Like it's so clear 
that he is there to show up, to serve, and he'll talk you through how to do the same in your own life. If you're facing struggle, if you're facing challenge, if you're facing hardship, if you're facing not knowing which way to go, like get a new perspective, check out this episode. The last episode we interviewed his wife and we got another perspective, right? A different perspective on how it is to go after it, to have mental toughness, have grit. And I think it's just for anyone that is anything about the passion and zest of life. If you've got that inside of you, if you're in the fitness industry, if you're building a business, if you've just got goals and dreams and you want to make them happen, this episode is going to change your life. James, my man, how are you doing? How's up, dude? Yeah, good, man. Thank you. Very well. How are you? I love the accent, my man. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on the show. Like, I, the reason I wanted to, like, do this was because, you know, this, this is really for my boys. Like, I, they're, they're four and a half and four months, and I was – I just think it's so cool. Like, the thing that you've done, like, in terms of no one else on the planet in the history of the world has gone out there and achieved it. Like, half of what you've done, let alone the stages with the 50-50-50 and the Conquer 100 – how freaking cool is it to be able to say you're one of seven billion? <laughs> like, how cool is that? Are you kidding me? That's one of the coolest things to say. It, that's it. Well, welcome to the show, James Lawrence. Thank you, oh, you Tim. It's so good. So good. Um, I guess that's where we can start, right? Like, the whole feat of it is just, it's so much for the brain to handle just looking from the outside in. I can't imagine how you would handle it, say, when you fell off your bike and you have an accident. Like, how do you mentally pick yourself up and deal with that, knowing that that's, I can imagine that's something that you wouldn't want to happen, obviously, and then it happens. Like, like the worst case in your mind happens. Yeah, you blow a tire, that's fine. You fix it, falling off. How do you mentally deal with that? Yeah, you know, great question. And it, it, one of the number one questions I get from anybody, no matter where I am in the world and what, wherever I'm speaking at an event, it is how, how do I become more mentally tough? How do I have more grit, resilience, uh, all of that? And the, the answer is only through action and activity. You, you, have, to, you have to participate, do learn and grow. And so I, thankfully I didn't have a major bike crash or something in my early challenges mm -hmm. because that's where my journey started. And I needed those early years to develop that grit and resilience over time and mm -hmm. gain knowledge on how to navigate those accidents, how to navigate crisis, how to navigate worst case scenario, how to navigate pain. And, and I think it's because we've been doing it for over a decade that I have learned how to manage those types of things and deal with it. And, and I, I also realized like pain kind of has a cap to it. And if you can manage that cap of pain, it's how long now can you manage that cap? And so um, it, it's not super public knowledge, but I got, you know, day 50, and I'm sure we'll get into the details of what we're talking about, but um, on day 59 of the 100 is when I had a, a very violent bike crash. Um, mm -hmm. got knocked unconscious. We'd already 
reset history. We redid the 50. We had, were breaking a world record every single day um, for nine consecutive days after the 50. And then, you know, this catastrophic event happens and you crash and I get knocked unconscious and the public would have probably said, you know what? Kudos. Good job. You, you validated yourself. You did more than anybody did. You crashed. You should probably, you know, but for me, I had said to my kids, to my sponsors, to my following, I'm doing a hundred. And so my, my ethos says, I start what I finish. And so in that moment, it was an easy remove emotion, remove pain. Did I finish? I'm sorry. I was supposed to say I finished what I start. Um, on day 59, I hadn't finished what I started. Mm. And we recently found out that um, I actually broke my back in that bike crash and it ended Whoa. up doing, ended up doing 41 consecutive full distance triathlons um, with a broken L5 vertebrae, completely exhausted. Pretty cute, right? Cause it's one I won. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. One on one. So that, I mean, that, that's crazy. So the, it begs the question, okay, when you do something, one, are you all in two, are you willing to, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to follow it through? And are you a person of your word and integrity that does what they say they're going to do? And so me being a father, I want to set the best example I know how for my kids. And so it was an easy answer when I was on day 59 laying in the road, when I came back to conscious, I just asked myself, if I get back on my bike right now and I turn the pedals over, will it kill me? And if the answer was no, then I had no other choice because in my ethos, my personal statement, it says, I finish what I start. And so that, that's why it's super important to write an ethos and know what you stand for before you go to battle. Because when you're in battle, you're going to get filled with emotion. You're going to get filled with confusion, outside influences, all of those things, desperation, anxiety, depression. And you have to have something to refer back onto in those moments of chaos, chaos, panic, confusion. Okay, what do I stand for black and white? What, what is that? What, what do I stand for? And then in that moment, you can make that decision. It's super easy. So all I had to do was ask myself one question and it was answered through my ethos. That means get back on your bike, finish, because the, the task is not finished yet. I'm lost for words, like straight away. Wait, so let me get this right. In answer to my question, how do you deal with, with falling off the bike? And I was referring to the Concord 100, but I wasn't actually referring to this thing that I didn't know that happened, which was that you got knocked unconscious, you broke your back, and then continued on for 41, 42 more Ironman rides. That and, and the thing that got you through that is your values, your ethos, the thing that you stand for, and the commitment that you made to your kids and the commitment that you made to yourself. Yeah, because if you follow if you followed our history, we had made some very public mistakes that we never hid during the 50. There was some controversy, a possible asterisk. And, and when the opportunity came to do the hundred, I was like, no, I am going to execute to perfection. I'm gonna leave no doubt to who we know we are. And who the public thinks we may or may not be. And so that that was part of the ethos and premise going into this was like, no, this will be executed. We will do every step, rain, sleet, snow, hail, outside, injuries, whatever. There will be no asterisks. We will go out there and we will cover every inch of that course outside as it's intended. And you were doing that. Like you were going out biking on the bike ride because it was March when you started. 18 degrees. Like Dana. 
Day number one, 18 degrees outside. And it was interesting. I just did a post on social um, two or three days ago. It was 37 degrees outside. And I went outside and I was like, no way am I riding my bike today. Like, like it is, it is way too cold to be bike riding. And for, for at least a month, it was below zero. It was below 32. Um, and, and like it was freezing temperatures outside. We did it though, man. We, we faced every possible weather system out there and we refused to let up. We refused to come inside because the words came out of our, our mouth. We said, we are going to do a hundred consecutive full distance, 140.6 miles outside, regardless of conditions. Man. Yeah. For, for everyone on the show that's listening, that doesn't know, know what James has achieved. So we're talking about the Conquer 100. It's where you, well, it's a, it's a feat that James set for himself, Iron Cowboy, but it's a hundred consecutive days, a hundred full length triathlons. That means a 2.5 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and then a 42.2 K marathon. So yeah, 26 miles. It's just incredible. Like I, I can't even think of doing like people that I know have done Ironman, right. And, and they're who I think of a warrior, right. That's what you look, you go, wow, you are a physical specimen. You've done amazing. You've ticked it off. You've just gone and done a hundred of these in a row. And yeah, I, how do you control your mind when everything about your body is screaming pain and telling you to stop? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a skill set that you learn, but I, I, you know, it's people say, you know, a hundred days, that's hard to, to, to wrap your mind around. Um, and so, so it's a, a full distance triathlon or an Ironman is 140.6 miles or 220 kilometers. So we did that, covered that distance every single day for a quarter of a year. So when you, when you phrase it that way, it's a little bit different than a hundred days. Cause you're like, Oh, hundred days. You know, it's hard to like, we work in months, we work in years. So hundred days is like, how, how long is a hundred days? It's a, excuse me. It's a quarter of a year, 24 hours a day, no days off of, of that type of thing. And so to Matt, you know, you, you, again, how do you become more mentally tough? You do it through activity, which gains you experience. And so the reason I, I'm able to do something like the Conquer 100, I didn't go from zero to hundred. I didn't get up off the couch and I saw somebody do a motivational speech and get inspired and go, you know what? I, I was told to shoot for the, shoot for the moon. I'm going to, I'm inspired. I'm going to go do 105. I'm going to do 105 full distance irons. Um, I guarantee you that person is going to fail because they don't respect the process and the journey to get to where they're trying to go. Right. So you can't, you can't go from zero to hundred. You have to have big goals, but you have to take the appropriate steps in order to achieve that goal to where you're successful doing it. Had I not done the previous 10 years of, of gaining knowledge and experience on how to suffer, how to use my mind as a tool, I would have also failed just saying, okay, I'm going to go from zero to hundred. It, it's just unrealistic. And I didn't, I wouldn't have had the experience and knowledge I needed in order for us to be successful. And if I'm being completely honest, um, the Conquer 100 project got put together so quickly because the, the pandemic happened, the world shut down, my calendar got wiped clean. I had an opportunity and a lot of free time to reset my past and do something even bigger and, and wilder than within we'd ever done in our entire career. And so I only had a four month training block that led to doing the Conquer 100. And I was heavily, heavily relying on my mindset and my past experience. So early on the hundred, we started to face um, injuries 
And now the now the hundred project really became how do we manage pain? How do we overcome these injuries? How do we make good on what we said we were going to do and do a hundred consecutive of these? And so it just became this this intense project of problem solving, injury management, pain management, and just keeping me going um, at a, at a high high um, level of execution. That's right, because there was a, a six year gap right between the fifty and then yeah. The- yeah, and over those six years, um, I, I was swept into coaching and speaking. And, and I mentioned before, I've spoken in 48 different countries around the world. I've been on hundreds of stages. I mean, on Monday, I'm speaking to the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. I mean, it's just, it's just totally wild and totally crazy. And so, yeah, you, you don't do anything or minimally just to, just to keep yourself um, from being completely out of shape. For six years, I mean, anybody that's done anything physical or fitness, it takes a massive amount to get to where you can be physical and and perform, and you lose it so quick. And it's so frustrating how fast you can lose fitness. Well, six years of of fitness loss, you know, to where all of our other campaigns were stacked on top of each other. So we were spring vaulting knowledge and experience into the next, you know, the next big feat. You take six years off and then you go, okay, I'm going to double what everybody said was impossible. And I'm going to shorten the time frame. I'm, I'm out of shape and I'm going to shorten the time frame to a four month training camp to get ready for a th- over three months campaign. You know, that, that is just like a recipe for disaster, but it also showcases how intense and powerful your mind is when you have the experience and knowledge to apply to it. And I laid relied heavily on my past experience and knowledge. And that's ultimately what what got us through how much experience our team had and how much experience I had doing this type of thing. And so it was brutal and it was real. Uh, But the reason we were able to be successful is because my team has been with me for a decade. We know each other really, really well, my wife and the two wingmen. And um, we, we just, we just refuse to um, settle for mediocrity. And when we set out a goal, we do what it takes to achieve it. And, the goal is 100. And so no matter what, we were showing up and we were going to figure out how to continue to keep moving. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. So last week we caught up with your wife, which was a beautiful, amazing conversation. And she definitely shared a perspective on, on all of it, right? How, how to deal with family life, your your relationship, your marriage, how to how to make it work when you go after and go all in on, on a mission like this. It'd be great to get your perspective on how, like as a guy with a wife and a family, how do you not only approach that conversation, but also so that you balance or not if maybe you don't balance, but how do you approach it in the relationship so that you know that your family is thriving so that everyone is all in on the same page as you? Because I know there'll be guys listening that have big dreams. Maybe they want to start a business or they've got a business. Maybe they want to take their life not only to the next level, but I know that you are all about setting huge goals, monumental goals. So I think your perspective on this would be amazing. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I believe um, not by choice um, a lot of the risk was removed from me to do what I was going to do, and so I'm going to give different advice uh, than the way that I did it because of my circumstances, and I'll explain what that means. Mm, okay. so I I used to own a mortgage company, and in 2008 the economy crashed, and we ended up losing everything, mm-hmm. and so we were at rock bottom. 
And we were like, okay, the world is our oyster. Uh, oyster. What do we want to do? What's our passion? What's our dream? How do we want to impact people? What, what type of legacy do we want to leave? And so in we the bottom moment. That's what, rock that's what you. That's where you think. Okay, cool. We're at rock bottom. Therefore, up is the only. Therefore, I've got a completely clean slate in front of me. What? What? What picture? What image do I want to paint? And here's the flip side of that. Okay, right. So now you've got someone right now who is in a career maybe that they don't like. Um, they feel they're at a dead end, um, but it's putting food on the table, but they're not living their dream, right? And so so that person has a different choice to make than than I did because I was at rock bottom and the choice was like, what, what, what do I want to create for myself? Like it's wide open. And then I was just doing like weird, random, odd end jobs just to put food on the table. Like I was doing training and traveling and racing in the day um, to build up our brand and our coaching. But in the middle of the night, I was on a construction site on new homes and I was hanging, hanging kitchen cabinets um, to put food on the table. Like I was doing everything I could. Now it's all scary though, right? You've got a family, you've, you've lost your mortgage. For, for, for sure. and, and that's where the really big conversation happens with your wife and says, okay, these are the risks. This is the path we want to take. I can go back to school for four years and try to take on a new career. Or we can do this for the next four years. We're still going to be broke. We're still going to have to make massive sacrifices. The upswing of this path is much greater than the fixed income on this path over here. Are you willing to take those risks? Risks? Do you want to go that down that road with me? Let's do it. And my wife and I both said, we want unlimited potential. We're going to roll the dice that this is going to work. And we're going to just go all in on doing that. So someone today who has a job, my number one rule is don't quit your day job. You have to put food on the table for, for your family. You have to um, provide a, a roof over their head. I've got, my, I've got five kids and I've got Sonny's parents that live with us. I'm responsible for nine people, right? So wow. let's, just say, let's just say I don't lose everything in the economy. I'm in a position right now where I'm responsible for nine people, but I'm not living my best life and I want something better, right? My advice to that person is like, look, you're going to have to like cancel your Netflix subscription. You're going to have to maybe not go on that golf trip this weekend because rule number one is keep your day job and provide for the people in your life that you care about that are relying on you. And you work your ass off in the midnight hours, in the, in the early, early morning and late, late night, put your kids to bed and now do, go to work on your dream, right? You have a responsibility as a provider to provide for your family, do not quit your day job. You chase those dreams. And the moment that your dream starts replacing your daily income, now you can quit your job, but not until then, because I, because I promise you, it's going to take you 10 times longer than you think it's going to. And you're going to need the bankroll to chase your dream. So if you cut off your, 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 what you need to live, you're also cutting off your investment supply chain to funding your dream. It is super, super critical. And, and you hear all types of different advice. Hey, man, burn the bridges, burn the boats. Yeah. And that way you're going to be super motivated to do what you do over here. Well, dude, I'm motivated either way because I hate my day job. And that's enough motivation for me. But I'm also smart enough to know that that day job is putting food in my kids' mouths. And I don't know really how long this is going to take over here. I'm going to go all in because I'm committed and I don't like what I have here. But I'm not going to quit this right now because I know. I can make sacrifices. Here's the thing. Listen, people know what they want. I want that dream. I want that lifestyle. I want that freedom. What are you willing to sacrifice?
Most people are, are all in on what they want. And then if you reverse engineer and say, oh, look, this is what it's going to take to get there. They're like, oh, I'm all out. You know what? I think I like my crappy job. I like the comfort of it. I like the insurance policy. You know, I like all of that. So that, that's the thing is like rule number one, don't quit your day job, day job. Rule number two, reverse engineer it so that it's manageable and you can start attacking it. Uh, because it's going to take time. It's going to take energy and effort, but you have to know what you're willing to sacrifice in order to get what you want. People are asking themselves the wrong questions. Wicked. So yeah, so it's basically they underestimate the time factor and then they don't necessarily get on the same page with with their partner at the right time, right? They probably, and and then they might do different decisions like quit the job first and then, the pressure's on, right? They've got to stack it up. They've got to make sure it works rather than like what you've said is get on the same page, go all in on yeah. that, on that dream. Yeah. So, so like, like someone that's struggling right now, I just have a real heart to heart, you know, um, conversation with your spouse and say, look, I, I'm really not happy. I'm happy with us, but I'm not happy with, with my life. I don't think this is my true passion. Do you think it would be okay if, um, we made some sacrifices in our lives. Do you think if we came to an agreement on what that means for both of us? And that's uh, important right there because the sacrifices aren't just like the Netflix and the Starbucks coffee. The sacrifices are, I need to go do I, this. You need to take care of the kids while I do this. Or I need to do this, fly over here and go speak to these people. Yeah, that, That's the trade-off, right? It's, yeah. So a lot of people talk about family life balance, right? And the sacrifice that they make. So what people um, misunderstand when they say family life balance is like, okay, look, I've got, I've got my wife, I've got my five kids and I've got my hobbies and I've got my job. And so if I take seven things or less easy math, six things or five things, let's say I've got five things. Uh, I'm not going to give 20% to each of those times. And someone would say, well, that's, that's family life balance. And I'm like, no, that's not because I guarantee you my teenage girls don't want 20% of my time. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I promise you they don't. No. What they do want is they want quality time. And so when I'm with my daughter, don't do any of these other things. Put your phone down be with them. Fill their bucket 100%. Now, they're not going to care that I'm spending eight hours chasing my career with them in mind knowing that I'm trying to make their lives better because their bucket's full. Cause I spent some time with them. Same with our spouse too. Like Sunny, Sunny doesn't want to spend 24 hours a day with me. Like she just doesn't. She, she likes her a long time. She likes her friend time. She likes her hobby time. She like, yeah, she does want to spend some time with me, but she doesn't want to spend 80% of the time with me. And so when, 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 when we're talking about family life balance and where to put our attention and priorities, it's about quality time and going all in on the one thing you're doing at the time. And if you can do that, then everybody's buckets are going to be filled. But the biggest thing is communicate and over communicate what the expectations are, what the sacrifices are, what the roles are that you're playing. Cause then you're not going to get into a situation where you get six months down the road and you go, Hey man, I, I really, we did not discuss that this was going to take 20 extra hours of your time. I'm in bed. I want to cuddle with you. And you're up in, on your computer trying to make this dream happen. I'll be like, well, if you remember, we talked about that. We both signed off on it. And this is a dream for both of us. Can we you know, get back on the same page? So communicating is a high, at a high level is super important, but communicating what you're both willing to sacrifice, get everybody on the same page and just realize that like we're sacrificing for X, Y, and Z. You've got to be able to define what that is and what it means. 
and you all got to understand that it's not going to be easy. There's going to be fights and battles and uh, pick your battles wisely, but there's going to be, there's going to be those that are involved, but if you stick with it, the only way to fail is to not show up. And so I think I've got a character flaw where I continually show up on my journey. And in essence, I can't fail because eventually I'm going to hit my mark. And that's what, that's what you found in yourself at that key moment in 2008, when the buck stops with you, everything's gone to, to shit, but like you've, you've then hit rock bottom and you're going to keep showing up until, until it's done, till the job is. Yeah, for sure. So we were just like, like when, when we started this journey back in 2009, cause we did the first world record in 2010, no clue that 10 years later we'd be doing the conquer 100 project. Like, my my brain can't even go or think that big because your brain can only go as big as your past experience will allow you to do. Right. We go through with a certain um, tunnel vision based on our experiences, perspective and um, uh, experiences, uh, perception and perspective. And so all of our perception and perspectives will change as we gain and grow knowledge. So when I first started, dude, one Iron Man was like, like, whoa, like, I don't, that's impossible. And then you do one and you're like, hey, I wonder if I can do two this year. And you do two and you're like, hey, what's the world record? You know, and you start going down, you start having those conversations. And then once you start achieving goals, you start to gain momentum and, you know, success breeds success and confidence breeds confidence. And once you get that motion going and you start to realize, okay, man, this is really cool. Once I accomplish this more becomes possible and things start to open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you've got to start your journey somewhere. And that's what people don't do is they're like trying to plan this perfect execution or project that they're doing. Dude, you're going to fail because you, you aren't, you're not putting yourself in the game and you have to put yourself in the game because you're not going to, you're not going to have doors open. You're not going to know what the opportunities are. You're not going to know what pitfalls to fall, you know, to, to gain knowledge and experience from you have to be in the game in order to have the, make those mistakes, make those connections, have those doors open. And so my biggest advice to anybody is like, look, you just got to start, you got to meet yourself where you're at today and whatever knowledge you have. And the only way to gain knowledge is by through doing, you can read as much as you want. You can study as much as you want knowledge is useless without applying. And so at some point in time, stop, stop like accumulating all this knowledge and dive in and just start applying and doing, because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow. All right, guys, quickly, I just want to talk to you about Level Up app. This is an app that's going to elevate your life. It's going to help you raise your standards and go out into the world and deliver your best self. This isn't just about getting to the next level, but it's a building a life that you are proud of and instilling the habits from key books and mentors around the world. We're changing on our mission 1 million lives through the repetition of the world's best ideas, concepts, and lessons. A habit is a paradigm, and it's how you operate. It's your guidance system for life. And if you have the same paradigm, you get the same results. If you repeat the same habit every day for three months in short bursts of activity, just like Level Up will let you do, you start to change your life completely. Go to levelupapp.io or level up, search it for it on App Store or Play Store under Level Up, Elevate Your Life. Download now and try Level Up. It's free to change your life, free to transform and get advice from the best mentors and books and sessions the way that they intended it. 
man, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, because that, that completely goes back to your point. Yeah, not skipping the steps, not trying to do the Conquer 100 before you've done the fun run and then the 30 and then, yeah. then the 50. Like, I guess, I guess on the 50, right, there was, and this comes back to your point about the asterisks, there was difficulties within difficulties. You had the complications around moving from state to state, and then you had the social media stuff, like the pressures of how, how did you not let that trip you up as well? Because there's that internal battle with yourself, right, where you're seeing stuff that goes against what everything you're trying to do. Yeah, it's super hard, man. When 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 the outside influences get really, really loud and when the bully inside your head gets really, really loud and when it's being influenced by the and I'm telling you, it's it's not the majority, but it's a small, small percentage that thinks they have the uh, the, the biggest opinion of all of us, the, these keyboard warriors. Mm-hmm. And so you, you do. You just have to learn to I talk a lot about belief and conviction. And you have to go all in on your belief and your conviction. And you really have to not care what anybody else thinks because you're going to, you start to do something that's big enough and you're trying to get to the point where you are one of one, you're going to have a lot of people that think they're qualified to give you an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to learn the skill set of being able to block that out, believing in you, what you're doing, believing in the team that you've put around you. And really just putting on those horse blinders and saying, no, we know who we are. This is exactly what we're doing. And I'm not going to be influenced by what you were doing. And the best example I have of this, and it, we almost quit, or I almost quit, um, in, in the 2015 campaign where we did 50 Ironmans in 50 days through all 50 states uh, here in the United States. And it was day number uh, 18. We were in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I crashed on my bike. I fell asleep. We, the Team and I were completely exhausted. We were averaging less than three hours of sleep a night. We were in the middle of following a hurricane through the south. We go to Mississippi, torrential downpour, massive hurricane. I was suffering uh, complications and injuries from the crash the day before. And we we got pushed inside. And we nobody had done this before. Nobody had, so there was really no roadmap on, on what we were doing. And we had used a treadmill a ton in, in training. We'd use an elliptical to offload the, the pressure on the joints and whatnot. And, and I, was, I was suffering from a pretty bad hip injury from that crash. And so we were almost done with the day. We had a few miles left to go. And I jumped on the elliptical um, to just finish out the last few miles of the day and hopefully get to the next state and do it again. Well, we woke up the next morning and we were attacked by social media and these keyboard warriors for that decision that we had made because they were like, no, doesn't count, totally invalid, massive asterisks, you're a failure, you might as well go home, go back to Utah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hey, guys, that was a total mistake. I'm not trying to hide anything. I get now why that was maybe perceived as as a, as a bad move. Look, nobody's done this before. Our goal is to raise money for charity. We made a decision in that moment to keep moving on and trying to do something that, again, nobody else had ever done. And for years and years and years, as I was speaking and whatnot, I was like, man, am I a hypocrite? Did I really do it? What am I preaching? You know, is is there some validity in what they were saying? Um, And the answer is no, because there was no roadmap. We we weren't, these weren't official events. We were just covering the distance. And so 
um, I, I learned at a high level that that's why you say what you're going to do and you do it to those specifications. Because if you don't, it's about the expectation that you put out there, not actually what you did. Because if we said, hey, we're going to spend half of these indoors on a treadmill, everyone would be like, okay, you did what you said you were yeah. going to do. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is, you know, there's a few people out there that were like, nope, didn't do it. You're a failure. And it was interesting because I sat down and I don't know if you've heard me share this, these numbers before, but I sat down and I totaled up all the miles throughout the 50 was 7,030 miles. And then those, those last few miles that day that we spent on the elliptical, it represents 0.24% of the total mileage. So that, so in essence, we executed to perfection 99.76% of the time. Yeah. And I know the goal, I know the goal is hundred percent and that's what the public wants. That's what the public demands especially in this high pressure social media world. Well, we missed the mark. We almost let 0.24% of somebody else's opinion on our journey derail us, completely derail us. And that would have been the the biggest mistake ever because we went on to complete the 50. We went on to change our lives and thousands of people's lives around the world, giving them hope through our story of, of persistence, grit, resilience, not giving up and believing in what you were doing. Um, I am extremely grateful that the, the Conquer 100 presented itself and allowed me to reset my personal history um, because we've now left no doubt. And we did reset, you know, all of those events that were perceived by the public as eh, questionable or whatnot. And, and here's the reality is we've never tried to hide anything. We've never no. it's it's in the book. It's in the documentary. I've talked on every blog about it. I mean, I've, it's not it's not like I was like hit it we buried it and then like three years later someone was like hold on a second we found this one thing and i'm like dude why are we still talking about this like i've been yeah. totally about this the whole time i think that's so, what that brings you in you makes you makes you human right because you're doing something as one of seven billion you're doing something that all of the rest of us like the reason don't, I, don't have the courage to do well this is it like that's the reason i wanted like to chat to you and i want my boys to listen to this in the future is because it's it's about getting in touch with people who are courageously doing things that are inspirational, but it's, it's the courage part, right? It's the fact that the, the people, the keyboard warriors, they could, they could go and try and do something like this and then see, then see yeah. how, how it is. Right. But I think that's, do, do you, do you, I guess, do you, do you think because you're one of or anyone out there that's, that, that you're going to attract people that are going to try and, throw you off course just because purely because you're trying to attempt something like like the crabs in a bucket right they pull each other down is it is that kind of yeah. thing is it just there's people that naturally are looking to find fault i i think um m- miserable people want to be surrounded by other miserable people and it's a, it, it to me in my opinion from the experiences that i've had it stems a lot from jealousy mm-hmm. and because they can't get out of their own way and achieve their dreams, they don't want to see anybody else achieve their, their, their dreams as well. And so they try to do everything in their power to bring it down. And, and I'm going to read uh, my favorite poem. I just brought it up. Um, you're probably familiar with it. It's called The Man in the Arena. Yeah. You know it? Let's do it. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's one of my favorites. So it's The Man in the Arena. And it's not the critic who counts, nor the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because this is no effort, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. 
but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself um, in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. If he, um, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. And so that to me is so impactful and such wise words by Theodore Roosevelt and, and just sums it up perfectly because those people who believe that they have an opinion aren't in the arena. They've got no experience to base or have an opinion on what you're actually dealing with because they're cowardice, because they're sitting behind an anonymous name on a message board trying to bring you down. Guess what, guys? Show up. Come do one. Come do two. Come do five. Show me what you're made of. I, I believe that nobody is allowed to have an opinion about my journey until they've at least done 10 consecutive. If you've done 10 consecutive, maybe I'll entertain your opinion about my journey. There's one pair of shoes that have done 100 consecutive Ironmans, and they're the ones that I wore. Amazing. Amazing. And that, that's it, right? That, that can be applied to so many to people's journey that are, are feeling that right now. Maybe it's on social media. Maybe it's in their, their workplace. But you've done your unique journey, and you've put yourself, as, as you say, like in the doing in the arena to go to go that distance i think there's a couple of points i want to touch on like fatherhood i want to make sure we get in some stuff on you know not just the struggle but i guess discipline versus structure like how important is the the environment around you to help you then go and and train but let's let's take the fatherhood stuff first like what lessons has doing Conquer 100 or the 50-50-50 or just, just you in general as a, as a person, like what lessons do you share with your kids and like how do you look at them growing up? Because obviously you've done this thing, like this is so cool. You've put your family on the map. You've got a legacy now. You've you've built this business as well as not only not only doing these these feats of human endurance. What is it like in, in your eyes? Yeah, it's been really cool because we have been doing this for 12 or 13 years now. And my kids have gone from little to young adults. I mean, my oldest daughter is now um, 19 and she was uh, seven or eight when we started. And for them to have watched it all the way through, experienced it all the way through, they understand at a high level um, the expectation of you, you finish what you start, you show up, you be consistent. Um, I tell my kids all the time, look, there, there's two things. The secret to success is do a lot of little things consistently over a long period of time. And two, do everything with honesty and integrity to the best of your ability, because at the end of the day, all you have is your ethics and what you stand for. And you should never go through life looking over your shoulder, wondering when a skeleton in your closet is going to creep out and grab you. And so I, I try to live my life in a way that I just lead by example with my kids and hopefully they will replicate that. You don't want to be the person that goes out there and, Hey kids do what I say, not what I do. My life's a bit of a dumpster fire, but this, this is probably what you should do. No, you try to live your life in a way that your kid, you don't have to say anything and your kids over a long period of time go, 
oh man, that is super consistent in what he does. And if I apply that same thing to my life, I'm going to be successful too. And it's crazy. We, we've only ever, you know, we don't, we don't have very many rules in our house. We've only set very clear expectations. Um, I've never had to ground one of my kids one time. Um, both my two older girls graduated high school with a two-year associate's degree in college. Um, my one daughter is has a thriving nail business out of our home. And they just strive for excellence in their life every single day. And the, the only way, the only reason they do that is because Sonny and I live our lives in a way, and trust me, we're not perfect. We make a ton of mistakes, um, but we try to set the best example we know how for our kids. And we just set that expectation of excellence and they, they just absolutely thrive and live up to it. It's, a, it's, it's so fun to watch them evolve and adapt because we, we try to include them in all of the projects that we do and teach little lessons along the way. And hopefully by the time they disappear into the real world, they're, they're uh, well-rounded and, and have a lot of experience to, to take on their own lives. And I think you answered both questions in one. That's amazing. Yeah, so basically, or not even basically, but that environment, they've soaked in you guys and the environment and the examples that you've set and the standard that you've set. And because I love parents, it. I love right? God, you want to, the kids yeah. mess up. They, they want chocolate. They want candy. They want to watch TV. They want, there's things going on that, that other influences that are shaping them. Yeah, I, I think we our style of parenting um, is is unique uh, because we use natural consequences as as teaching points. Um, we're we're blessed to have people in our lives that are uh, both have it together and that are complete dumpster fire train wrecks. Um, and we we use both as examples and say, hey, if you know, hey, look, you're 18, you're 19, you're whatever you want to, you, I'm not going to say you can't go drink. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to go drink, they'll realize, you know, the, the reality of that. And look at this person right here. It's, it's sexy right now at your age to maybe go drink and go party and do all these things. Let's take a look at our 40 year old friend over here who now is 80 pounds overweight, has diabetes and is addicted to alcohol how sexy is that right now? And so I try to help my kids to learn the difference between immediate natural consequences and long-term natural consequences. And then ultimately I let them make the decision for themselves because that's how you learn and grow is, is by making decisions on your own. So as a, as a parent, we, we are not a no first, you know, dis- disciplinary, my way or the highway type of thing. We want these kids to have natural thought processes and be curious and and do or try different things. Now, we try to steer them in a direction and say, hey, these are the facts. This is the outcome. These are natural consequences from your decisions. Now I'm going to allow you to make that decision. And it's 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 never it's never put us in a bad situation because our kids have have put thought towards and they go, oh, that's the outcome if I do this. Or that's the outcome. If I do this, this is a much better outcome for me. I think I'm going to go down this road. And then we encourage them and give them all the tools and support that they need to go down that road. So less about force and instruction and more about finding the way through inquisition and examples, right? And then... And education. Yeah, yeah. And was, was part of that leading into why you did 101? Like an example or like why, why 101? Yeah, absolutely. And and for those that are watching, um, the goal was to do 100, 140 miles consecutively. 
And we, we had achieved that goal. And the celebration happened, the party happened, the goal was achieved. Um, and, and I woke up the next morning and I got in the pool and I swam 2.4 miles one more time all by myself. And then I got on my bike and I was going to bike 112 miles by myself. And thankfully people saw the live stream that we were doing and people showed up and started to support us. And um, ultimately we ended up doing 140.6 miles one more time. And th there's a couple of reasons why we did that. Um, one of the biggest questions I got on the 50 was, could you have done one more? Mm -hmm. And, and my answer was like, yeah, absolutely. I could have done one more. I just didn't want it. And and I, I wanted to lead from the front. I wanted to set the ultimate example. And when, when the goal was accomplished, and I, trust me, I was broken. I was defeated. I was exhausted. But I was like, I want to lead from the front. I want to set the ultimate example for my kids. I want them to understand that when they are broken, when they are defeated, um, they can get up and do one more. And sometimes you're going to have to get up and do one more by yourself. And, and I, I thought, I can't teach that unless I show them first. And my kids, man, they give 110% no matter what they're doing. And I sometimes it's hard and sometimes I struggle. But my wife and I, like I said, we try to show up on our journey every single day, supporting each other the best we can, even when it's hard. And we try to have unbelievable attitudes and perspective, even when it's hard. And I didn't feel I could be a successful motivational speaker, coach, and mentor if I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I wanted people to go, well, how do you know you could have done one more? Well, because I did it. I went out, I woke up broken, defeated, and I put myself on the battlefield again. I am the man in the arena. I did that. And so that was that was the huge premise behind it. And that wasn't that wasn't like planned before the Conquer 100 started. That wasn't planned even through 50 days. That the, the day 100 was on a Tuesday and the idea was finalized on the Sunday before. And so um, it was really a last minute thing. And I just got the deepest impression said, no, this is something I have to do. Um, and, and I'm honored to, to set this example. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do 140.6 more miles when nobody's watching. Cause who, cause who you are in the dark when nobody's watching is who you truly are as a person. That's, that's the real you. That's the real yeah. What So that was like an intuition or a gut feeling that spoke to you. Like how, how much does that play a role in, in your decision-making? Absolutely. I think, I think learning to listen to your, your intuition, your gut feeling, a higher power. Mm -hmm. um, it's a skill set that you have to continue to evolve and be open to and listen to. Um, more often than not, our gut feeling is like that feeling is accurate. And there was two, two times during the, leading up to the campaign and during the campaign where I just got like a very loud, very clear, this is what needs to happen. And the first one was we were initially going to do this the back half of 2021. And I kept getting the impression March 1st, you need to start in March 1st. And I'm like, that only gives me four months of plan. I need like eight. And it was like very, very clear. No, March 1st. And there's obvious reasons to us now why that was to take place. And there was a ton of blessings that came from it. And then the other one was, you need to do one-on-one. You need to do one more. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how big you are. To you. Yeah. Those were two massive moments. A third one would have been during the bike crash. It was like, no, you're not done. You're getting back on your bike. You're going to manage this pain. You're going to figure it out. The, the journey is not over right now. And so those would be very three distinct 
moments where I listened to, to my gut. I listened to my team's gut. I listened to that intuition. I went to a higher being. We took it to council. You know, we did all those things. Um, and, and sometimes the decisions we make don't make sense, but mm-hmm. just we have that really deep rooted um, feeling or intuition. And, and a lot of people don't follow that. Um, and it's a mistake that a lot of people make. They try to make sense of everything. And a lot of times we can't make sense of it. And there's there's a higher power or being that is guiding us through this life. And, and if we shut that off, we're going we're gonna to go down some paths that maybe we shouldn't go down. So that's awesome. And, and the way it's kind of spoke, like, like faith, higher power has spoken to you at key moments when you've, you've got that so strong on the, on the mission, but like, how does that play? How does faith play a role in your wider life now that you've got other decisions? And I guess once you've finished, there's a loss, there's a sort of, I'm I'm assuming there's a loss or you've lost this thing that you've been doing for over a quarter of a year. How does faith all of that speak to you now? Yeah, faith plays a huge role in everything we do. We're we're a, we're a Christian based family. Um, we go to church on Sundays. Uh, we we have family prayers. Um, it, it's a huge part of what we do. Um, so so that part of it is always with us. The the letdown part, the confusion part, comes from okay, the campaign is over and you were dialed in. You had one objective, and now that finishes, you, you go through this phase of confusion and what is next and what what do I do? Like I, I was so dialed into what we were doing. I was so singular focused. And now it's like, okay, I'm back to reality. I've got to revive my business. We're coming out of a pandemic. Um, but then in those same moments, you go to prayer and you go to inspiration and you go to conversations and discussions to find, okay, what's what's next on our journey? What makes the most sense? Um, and then and then you take it to prayer and inspiration and then you you hopefully are making some good sound decisions on on the next part of, of your journey. And for us, it was, it was the continuation or revival of our speaking career. And we're writing the second book. We're going to be editing the documentary. Um, so we're, we're doing all of these things that, that just take a lot of time um, that we can now shift our focus and attention to. And hopefully we get the inspiration and motivation to write the, the, the words that are going to impact the most amount of people. Hopefully we can edit it in a way that'll impact and give the most amount of people hope. And so now, now we're down that journey of content creation and helping as many people as we can um, to where I don't, I don't have to show up every single day and, and suffer, suffer physically. So it's, all, it's now all it moved into like you were serving, you've been serving for like the last 12, 13 years, all of this period. But now it's the focus is also to keep serving, to keep making use of the journey that you've been on, the story, the accolades, the, the way, the parts that have, the challenges, right? If it had been easy, no one would necessarily give it the same attention. But I guess is the challenge now. How do you how do you speak to millions of people all around the world to 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 get into their hearts? Yeah. So so basically, I had to learn the lessons. My wife had to learn the lessons. My kid had to kids had to learn the lessons by actually doing the hard things, doing the difficulty. Um, of the project into the suffering, the physicality, the, the, my kids had to make different sacrifices than I did. My wife had to make different sacrifices than the kids did, but we all sacrificed in different ways. So now my journey becomes helping people give them the courage to show up on their journey. So in turn, they can learn the same lessons because you, you can get inspired by watching our journey. You can gain some hope and courage from your journey, but you have to dive in on your own journey. 
because that's the only way for you to learn the life lessons that we've been fortunate enough to learn. And so now our mission is to create curriculum and courses and motivation and everything to give other people hope so that they can repeat what we've done in their own way. Because everybody's heart is different, right? And you, But you do need to keep showing up in your life and you need to keep experience whatever level of hard means to you. And so our goal and hope now is to reach as many people as we can to give them that hope so that they take action on their journey. Mic drop. That's the perfect, yeah, that's the perfect place to just, oh, it's been so good. It's been so good. Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence. Just I have I have been waiting with such anticipation. It's been so exciting to speak to you. And now it's happened. I'm just I'm just filled with joy. Like I'm just filled with with this this blissful state where you just know you're talking to greatness. You know, I know that your intention is pure. Right? I can see in how you're how you're showing up, but like I know that the mission and the wider goal goes, it's so much bigger. And what you've done, right? You have impacted millions. You have um, through the journey and just watching you show up, even through COVID, all of all of the lives that you've done, of course. But I think I think it's this part as well. Right, this part is now where it comes all into fruition because you have walked the walk, you have got those shoes, and now you get to take it even further. You get to take not 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 necessarily through the endurance of of, of doing the feat that you've done, but this is where it goes up and up and up and up into yeah, this, and, and and that's why that's why we're just so excited as a team uh i mean my i my oldest daughter lucy is now 19 and she like her dream job is to w- work for us and to yeah. build 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 this job and momentum i mean you work with lucy and she's and had, yeah, she's wicked she's amazing and you've had conversations with my wife and it's it's fun to be in the position that we are now because we have done a version of the hard work and now we have an opportunity to do a different kind of hard work. But now that hard work is to take the, le- the lessons that we've learned to help other people. And so it's this really cool new world and adventure that we get to go on um, that I want to take to th- the same level that I did with, with the physical and mental uh, feats of endurance. I want to do that in terms of education and giving other people hope on the journey they're on. So that's, that's what our mission is now. That's what's next. Um, and just, just man, live in life and enjoy my kids and family. And um, if it, it, it would be pointless to create the life of your dreams if you don't plan to to live part of it. So, boom, boom, Lawrence, thanks, family. Thank I, you. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, and all the best to you and all your listeners. So, thank you. No, thank you, man. That's been been so cool. Uh, it's like definitely, definitely been one of the coolest moments of my life. So, thank you. <laughs>